0: Well, we've come to the end of Abraham's life and we're gonna just spend some time with him as he breathes his last. I remember when I was with my dad, our family, my siblings sang around him and I remember right after we sang it as well with my soul, my dad breathed his last. He had these heavy short breaths and all of a sudden it was... <gasps> He gave up the ghost. Wow. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Amen. My dad was gone. I've always blown by passages like this because it was like, mm, never been there. And, and when you're young, you just feel invincible. Like it'll never happen to you. It's going to happen to you. You're going to die. Aren't you glad you came tonight? You're going to die. <laughs> and you want to get ready to die well. But I want to talk to and about old people tonight. I've never done this before. And it's not that I don't value them. I'm just like, man, if we don't speak to the young people, we're not going to have a church in the next generation. And we got to be about the next generation. And our church is known as having young families and young kids running around here. And that's wonderful. But I think the old people get the shaft sometimes in our church. And what that means if you're an old person is you get kicked to the curb. I was in here this morning. (laughs) You you relate to that, getting kicked to the curb. Um, I was in here this morning and I came out. I was getting ready to study and I was filling up our Keurig coffee machine because our staff never does. (laughs) And... uh, and, and uh, you know, I love them. No problem with that. I just wanted you to know how irresponsible they are. Um, so I was filling the Keurig, <clears throat> bringing it back in, and there's this guy taking out the garbage. His name is Jim Petrovich. Is Jim here tonight? Jim, can you stand up just for a second? This is Jim Petrovich. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, why don't you stay standing? Um Jim, Jim is a faithful servant and he does all the stuff nobody else wants to do. He's here not so much for tear up all the time or, you know, put up, but he's here for tear down. He's feel for the not too sexy part of ministry around here and he's in the garbage and he's not dumpster diving for items of value in the garbage. He's taking it out. Uh, like he does as is his custom and I just went back into my office and I came back out and I asked Jim Jim how old are you? Remember when I asked you that? Yeah. And you looked at me like where are you going with this? <laughs> you know? I knew your servant, yeah exactly I don't want to be used as an illustration it was too late at that point um, but he said I'm 71 no do you remember what you said after that? You said I'm 71 is that alright? And I want you to know, you can have a seat, Jim. I love you, um, Jim Petrovich, Petro. He is the petroleum <laughs> fuel that drives this church. But I want you to know that's, that's all right. That's amazing. That's awesome. And I told you, no, it's amazing. I hope I'm doing just what you do. It's, it's one thing to retire. And right after you re- retire, you enlist into the kingdom, because you never return. You know, retire from the kingdom. That's right. I'll retire from my job, but I'm not going to retire from what God has for me. Amen. This church wouldn't exist without faithful saints like you, Amen. and I love you, brother. We love you too. Exactly, a lot of peer, people here love you. The passage we're looking at is found in. Genesis 25, and it says this, Abraham lived 175 years, and then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. Wow. Breathed his last, lived to a good old age, an old man full of years, I just, I can't stop thinking about that passage. I've been thinking about it five months now since we picked this series. And I'm like, I cannot wait to talk about that. It's interesting, last week, I wasn't speaking, but I came into church and I was out in the lobby and I was talking to this little girl who comes up and gives me hot chocolate every week. And I met Judy, Judy. Judy came up to me and gave me a hug. She's said, like, I've been here for four weeks. I love this place. i like, oh man, it's so good to have you here. She's like, I like it so much. My son and his family traveled three hours to get to church today. And so they come down, is it from Charlevoix? I don't know all these towns. I didn't grow up in Michigan, but I think it was Charlevoix. Came all the way down here. My grandson loves Zone. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work every week, but hey, it's wonderful. It's good to have you here. She's like, I love this place. I love you. I've been wanting to meet you. And so I was like, let's get a picture together so that I can remember you, Judy. And when I was next to her, she said to me, Are, is my chin hair showing? <laughs> I was like, yeah, but I don't think the camera will pick it up, is what I said. I got chin hair, too. Let's do this together. <laughs> did not that stink when you get older, you turn into like a man, you know, if you're an older lady? Well, you don't, holistically speaking, but your face starts to turn into it. It was interesting because right after I gave Judy a hug, another old woman tapped me on the back and I, I turned around and she's there. And she said, I've been gone for three months. I had to check myself into rehab for alcoholism. She's like, I'm so embarrassed. I missed this place so much. She's like, the crazy thing is I didn't drink until I was 60. And for the last eight years, nobody knows it. But in secret, in my house, I've been drinking because of all the pain in my life and losing people and suffering and disappointment. And she says, but I've been three weeks sober, and this is my first week back. Now... Sometimes there's just things that sort of break paradigms inside of you. Like when you're like, oh, I know who's breaking addictions around here. It's all these young people that are sowing their wild oats and they go out and they backslide. She's like, this all happened later in life. It caught me off guard. I had no idea that sin was crouching at the door and was going to have me. Don't you love that older people want to break addictions, get free of the chains of sin so they can live? Do you have that kind of humility? Like if you were 68, like I got to check myself into a rehab. I turn around, I come in here to the tech booth, say hi to them, encourage them. I get a tap and it's another older woman. And I'm like, what is it with old women today? They're all over the place. And she's like, can I give you a hug? And I gave her a hug and she gives me a hug almost every week. It's like hugging my mom. And I just was enveloped in her. And she said, I want you to know last week when you and Heidi talked and Heidi said there was this lone point in her life where she just felt so down on herself, so exhausted, so depressed. She wanted to open the door and just jump out because the world would be better off without her. She says, that's me. And I want you to know when I heard that, that I'm not like that anymore because I'm in this place and every week I'm learning and growing. And I just was so inspired by that. I mean, even when my mom passed away, I came in here. Two women said, I know your mom is gone. I'll be your mom now, Jason. Did you know that you can do that? Not all of you to be my mom, but other people need you to be their mom around here that are my age. I don't think you understand how much... 48-year-olds and 42-year-olds and 53-year-olds are looking to the next generation to look at them, give them a hug, and say, you're going to be okay. I'll be an umbrella over you. I'll be a banner of love over you. Sir says he died at 175 years old. And as he breathed his last, he died at a good old age. This is only mentioned three times in the Bible, Abe right here, and then Gideon, and then Solomon only three times, not David, not Joseph, not Daniel, not Elijah, these three guys. And they all lived checkered lives. It wasn't because their lives were perfect, but the older they got, the closer they got to Jesus. And they apologized and they repented so that as they grew older, they got better, yes. not Amen. worse. That's hope. Yes. I don't care if you're starting at age six, 60 and you start drinking and you need to get out of the vice of that. You can start at any time you want. If you're not dead, you're not done. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Good old age. It's so interesting, because I think it's oxymoronic in some ways to us to even think that good and old can be actually a thing. Of course, But it's true. Maybe not an American culture that doesn't value the elderly very much and pushes them off to the side. It better not seen and not heard and have somebody farm them out to somebody else to take care of them. But in every culture, almost other than ours, the elderly are valued right. above all. Yes. And in the church, they should be too. You need to think... Old age gets a bad rap, right? that they're grumpy, they're irritable, they're cranky. They have aches and pains, pills and bills, pills and bills, heartaches and heartbreaks. And they're isolated and they're lonely. Not if you die at a good old age. It's interesting in other cultures, I started to do research Cause this isn't in our vernacular, but good old age is something that's in every culture universally. And there's four things that make up a good old age across cultures, India, Asia, Africa, Europe, America, four things. The first one is physical vitality. And the first thing invisible, you know, physical vitality is mental acuity when they're sharp mentally, even as their body fails. That's why like Alzheimer's and, and things like that just break your heart. Yeah. The second is that there's a bit of mobility there. They still move around. They want to get out. They're not trapped. And then the two that are really big is eyesight and hearing. That's a good old age where you, you can still hear and see and experience a quality of life even in old age. The second is social sort of security, more of a material, you know, security where you're financially not putting a burden on anyone else and there's transport in your life to get around and there's a home where you shelter, a roof over your head and food. So we take that for granted, but if you think cross-culturally, if you've got food and you've got shelter and finances so that you don't put a burden on anyone else, that's a good old age. But if you don't have those first two, this third one is the top of the top. If you have family and friends, people to be close to you and to care for you and to surround you in your old age, you can have the rest of three of these things and not have them. And that right there can carry you to the end and you can die with a smile on your face. And you know how many people don't have that? And then the first one is called sociality. It's a new word for me. Sociality is more attitudinal. It's more the mood you're in and and your perspective on life that you not only are comfortable, but you're content. You have a, a certain measure of peace. There's relaxation, not anxiety in your heart. And that you have this... Openness to different things going on. There's a toleration. See, it's one of the things that starts to calcify inside of a person. Be like, I just can't stand all the things. I'm so bothered by everything. People die at a good old age. They're tolerant of things that aren't like them and that they don't like, but they stay out in society thinking the world good. And then they have joy. That's a good old age. That's a good old age. The opposite of a good old age, as I studied, is a difficult old age. And it's when you don't have one or many of these components in your life. It goes on in the text and it says, he died at a good old age, an old man full of years. Another thing that doesn't come out of our mouth that much. What is it to have a fullness of years? And one person said it this way, you can have a lot of years in your life, but this is having a lot of life in your years. And that starts now. If you're younger here, you're like, oh, they're talking about old people tonight. Yeah, but you start now having life in your ears. Life in your ears. That's actually happening to me getting older as well. Uh, there's new hair growing out of there as well. Life in my ears. But if you've got life in your years, you have a good life. The word is um, "saw" bya, and it means I die and I'm satisfied, I'm fulfilled, I'm grateful. That's a person who's full of years. People are asking this question in old age. As I read about it, was it okay to be me? They're asking their family, their friends, was it okay to be me? They're asking their own soul, was it okay to be me? They're asking God, was it okay to be me? And as you have people around you and the more you're full of years and full of life in those years, you can say, Sabaya, which is, I don't live with any regrets because I lived fully while I was alive. Good old age, And full of years. Oh, I want to be like that. So many die with regrets. In fact, I did some study on some of the regrets of people coming down the home stretch on their deathbeds. These were like eight that I synthesized together. They wished they had been more loving to the people that matter most. They wished that they had not spent so much time working and not being present. This is for all of us in this room. They wish they had taken more risks and chosen more meaningful work. They wish that they had not cared so much about what other people thought. They wish they had let themselves be happier and worried less. I love that phraseology. I just needed to let myself be happy. My my body, my inside wanted to be happy and I just wouldn't let it because I suppressed it with worry. They wish they had ended abusive and toxic relationships sooner. This was over and over again. Like, why did I let that one person dominate so much of my life and steal away so much quality and quantity of life from the people and the things I loved most? Why couldn't I let him go and let it go? And then the next one is almost the opposite. They wish that they had made amends with estranged people in their life, particularly family and friends. They're like, why in the world that one time she didn't come to our reunion and she just you know said that she had bigger things going on and I made this decision. I'm never going to another reunion in my life. She does that to me. I'm doing that to her. And most of them are like, why did I do that? So stupid. And then they wish they had come concentrated less on money and done more for others. That's what you're thinking about at the end. You better start thinking about it now because that's you could have a good old age and a fullness of years. If you start thinking about this now, you're gonna be like, I didn't do it my whole life, but man, I started at age 62. Yeah. Or I started at age 36. Those are the things I'm gonna be about with my life. So I can die with dignity rather than pity. My grandpa, Lavin, we called him Lito. He was my favorite. I have a picture of him. And uh, I remember smoking a cigar with him, a Swisher Sweet. They are not sweet, um, by the way. Um, But he was, that's actually what I'm going to look like when I get to be 93, because I am a spitting image of him. He's full Spanish, immigrated here from Spain. Um, my nose is going to continue to grow. My ears are going to continue to grow. It's going to be unsightly. I'm going to look like the elephant man by the time I, I retire from this place. But this is my grandpa, Lito, And he is my very heart. Man, he lived a full life. Stories to tell around the table. Remember, toward the end of his life, there's an apartment mom and dad built for him on the side of their house because they weren't going to farm their parents out. And I'd go over, how you doing, grandpa? And I remember after grandma died, he said, I'm just dreamy today. What do you mean? Oh, I'm just, just thinking about your grandma, thinking about life. I'm just dreamy, just kind of lost in thought. But I remember him saying he was losing his eyesight, but he would get up and walk with his cane and he'd go out and fill bird feeders and go out into the woods where he made habitats for birds. He just lived with fullness right up to the end. And he said, Jay, I've had a good life. I love you kids. I love my family. What more could I ask for? I have no regrets. I have nothing to complain about. Remember he said that. He said, now, Jay, these are the words. I want to die with my shoes on. And he said, I don't want to die with my loafers on in bed, just laying there. I want to die with my shoes on. I miss him so much. He died at a good old age. He got saved two weeks before he passed. I remember writing him letters, Grandpa, please, please, I love you. You are so awesome. You mean so much to me, you've done so much for me. I want you to know Jesus. And year after year after year, he would spurn that until the end. I remember he said he was in his room listening to late night radio, just conspiracy wacko stuff. He'd stay up at night and in the middle of a radio program, which was a public radio, I know they didn't do this. He said, they shared the gospel last night on the radio and they shared that Jesus died for my sins and I accepted Jesus as my savior. And I'm like, no, they did not. <laughs> on public radio, I know they didn't. God's like, I'm just gonna get in the airwaves and I'm gonna share Christ with my grandpa and he, the next day, gave his life to the Lord. Wow. I'm gonna see him again when I'm gathered to my people. Hmm. I started to scour the scriptures, spelunk around and sleuth around like Nancy Drew, looking for these like inconvenient passages that speak on the topic of old age that we just don't look at a lot. There's all over, it's replete throughout the scriptures. One was in Psalm 71, I love this Psalm. It says, and now in my old age, don't set me aside. Don't forsake me now when my strength is failing. Just because my strength is failing, I'm not a failure. Don't push me aside. A Hebrew word is shalach, which means don't ignore me. Use me, use me, God. And I just want our church to not push aside people that are old. Say, get in here. Get in here. Help us out. And I want you to know here, Ryan was sharing with me before the message that the best way to stay vibrant and have that mental acuity and have physical strength is to keep putting it out there. If you don't use it, you lose it. That's right. Use me, Lord. I don't want to be pushed to the wayside. Even as my strength is failing, give me a strength of heart, God. I wanna be used. One author said, you know, people don't die of old age, they die of neglect. Mm -hmm. We Cannot neglect the people in our lives that are older. We want you, we need you, you're valuable. It goes on in Psalm 71 in verse 18, 19 says this, and now that I am old and my hair is gray, one passage of scripture said, and now that I'm hoary haired, (laughs) I like that one. I'm going to start calling, oh, you're hoary haired today. Gray hair. Don't leave me, God. You get a theme here that they feel like they're going to be kicked aside and left and abandoned. Believe well, me, God, I must tell the next generation about your power and greatness. And now God means this, do not silence me, speak through me. You still have something to say. We need your voice. You might think, well, it's all for the young people. Now, this is a young person's game. No, it's not. Young people are stupid. They talk and they have nothing to say. <laughs> we wanna hear you. And we want you to say, I, 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 don't, I don't want you to leave me because I got more to say. And it isn't like the gas prices are high and the president and the good old days and yesteryears and those were the best days of my life. No, I want to tell them about the greatness and power of God that's available. Yes. Amen. That's what I want to use my voice to do. I remember I looked up to Jim Simbla. He was the pastor at Brooklyn Tab Church. And so when I was in New York, I wanted to go to that church. And we went in and sat down. There was a skinny black guy that were there. This is a multi-ethnic church. And he like reached out his big hand and shook my hand, and looked at our family, and he was like, are you ready for this? <laughs> it's gray hair. You ready for this? This is going to be so good. And I'm like, is this how you greet each other in this church? Because I like it. And I'm like, well, how do you know? And he's like, I just was at the last service and I had to come back, man. Pastor Simbla has a word for us. He's going to light us up. And you know what the message was on? That the Holy Spirit filled them. And he said the best part of it is in the Bible, it says, and he filled them again. Amen. And he filled them again. It's not once for all. He invades your heart and he's there for salvation once. But if you want to live filled by the spirit, he has to do it again and again and again. And this old man is like, I want it again. I want it again. Juxtapose that to a story two and a half years ago where a pastor friend of mine retired from ministry and I asked him, how's it going for you? And he said, I don't miss it one bit. And then he said this to me. I'm a young pastor. This is an older pastor I looked up to. He said, good riddance. This guy can never pastor a church. I wouldn't want to be you right now. I'm like, oh, thank you so much for your blessing over my life, Gandalf. (laughs) That really, really enthuses me to be in ministry. You know what I need? Somebody to say the greatness and power of God still available, son. And it's tough, but I made it. I fought the good fight. I kept the faith and I finished the race. And now there's a crown laid up for me in heaven and not just me, but all those who long for his appearing. So get at it. Amen. That's what I needed. That's not what I got. This world's going to hell in a handbasket, son. So glad I got out when I did. I don't want to be like that. I love what Elisha and Elijah, Elijah's getting ready to leave and pass on to the next life and his apprentice, his spiritual son, Elisha's looking at him and Elijah said to him, before I leave, is there anything I can do to you? And without hesitation, he said, give me a double portion of your spirit. Don't you want to be an old person and a younger person's like, what do you want? I don't want money. I don't want fame, prestige. I want twice as much of your Teeming spirit of joy And freedom and power And life I want to be like you To the second power Does anybody want a double portion Of your spirit? So I'm telling you, for real Some of you are going to give a double portion Of your spirit and It'll be a double portion of anger Frustration, cursing Everything around you You're going to give a double portion What double portion are you going to give? Oh, I want to, got to tell this next generation of his greatness and power. Amen. Next verse is Hezekiah. It says, The Lord of hosts, old men and old women will again, will again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each man with his staff in his hand because of age. Yashap, do not forget me. The word is reestablish me, put me in again. I've been out of the streets. The streets and the city gates were where the old men and old women were because that's where the action was. Put me back in, coach. Put me in where we talk about the greatest ideas, where we talk about what influences the world, where things are being innovated. Keep me there, Lord, in those places. I want to be in the center of life, which is what the streets were, where the old men and women gathered. Keep me involved. Keep me invested. Reestablish me, Lord. I want to be in the game until the end. establish me Lord Man. I remember uh, Jack Boffman you remember Jack Yes. Yeah. he died five years ago Jack came to our church when he was 88 years old invited by Michelle Blau and he came and I remember John uh, John who is leading worship today didn't he do a great job he's just I love that guy John said, there's a guy in our church, he's 88, and he just said he's born again now. I'm like, I gotta meet this guy. So I go and he's like, I don't I was a part of the church and I don't get didn't go to the church for a long time, but I came and when I came to your church, I met Jesus and I'm born again. And I remember we would go out for coffee every Thursday morning at 9.30. I'd pick him up, we'd go out for coffee and he'd say this over and over again. He's like, I was talking the talk, Jason, but I wasn't walking the walk and I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And in the short years I have left, I'm living my life for Jesus. I've lost so much time, I'm not losing a second longer. And I got the opportunity to be with him close to when he passed. And he was so ticked know what he was ticked at? He'd been riding his electric wheelchair down here watching the church get built. And he says, I'm so ticked and I'm not going to be able to see that church get built. He gave to this church, tithed to this church, loved this church. He was a greeter at the door of this church. I remember throwing a birthday party and you know, all three services for him for his 90th birthday party and we made much of Jack. It was the best day of his life, he said. Because he, honestly, he loved attention. And I remember I was next to him and blood was filling his neck. He was bleeding on the inside and he said, Jason, tell the church I love him. But I'm ready to go and see Jesus, Jason. It says, I wasn't ready to go see Jesus a few years ago before impact, but I'm ready to go see Jesus now. Wow. That's dying at a good old age. Full of years. The next verse from Isaiah said, and I will still be carrying you when you're old. Isn't, this is Jesus speaking to you. And your hair will turn gray and I will still carry you. I made you and I will carry you to safety. Another word for safety is I'll carry you all the way home. He says it three times. You know why? Urgency and emergency. I want you to know that I'm going to carry you. Some of you need that tonight here. You're older and you just feel like you you have nothing to offer. And I'm telling you, you do. And we're going to carry you here. We're gonna be the hands and feet of God and we're gonna carry you. You know, there's so many churches miscarrying their elderly. And I don't want miscarriage to happen at our church. We will not miscarry you. We will carry you and the Lord will carry you. Shabba, do not leave me, carry me. And then in Ruth chapter four, Says he will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. I love the word for renew, shub. Shuby dooby doo. Where are you? Yeah, shub. Do not overwhelm me. Refresh me. The word is revive me. Aren't you glad God can revive yes. the elderly? We need a revival with our young people in our nation, and we do. But you know what? We need a revival of our old people. And I pray that the Lord shubes the living daylights out of our old people tonight. <laughs> shubes the living bejeebers off of you. Shoob me, Lord. shube me, Lord. And he comes down with his spirit, refreshes you, and sustains you. Do you know there was a guy in the scriptures that he was about to die, and he's like, please, I want to live. And God said, I'll give you 15 more years. shoot the daylights out of you. I like that. I was reading in Hebrews chapter 11, just a a picture of how to die. And it's when Jacob was blessing his sons and as he was dying, he blessed his sons and he worshiped the Lord as he leaned on the top of his staff. Like, I don't want to die with my loafers on. I want to die standing up and I'm going to stand there. And my purpose as I stand there shaking is to bless people as I'm worshiping God. That's how I want to go out. Blessing people as I worship God. Hold my staff. I bless you. I worship you. I bless you. I worship you. And then he passes. Oh, what a picture. I was with a guy a couple years ago at the conference. We were just at an exponential and I got next to him and we were talking. He said he was 84 years old, 83 or 84 years old. I don't remember his name, but we started to to sing songs before the session. And as I was singing, I'm next to this guy and um, I just had to take a video of this. And I was like, this is this is guy leaning on his staff at a church multiplication, church planting conference at 84. Like, I still, God's on the move. I want to be a part of it. If I could plant a cha- church at 84, he's just all about it. He retired and enlisted on the same day. Check out this video of this guy. I love that he claps and then turns his hearing aid back on. Did you see that? (laughs) I just just cried. I just thought, oh, God. These stupid kids, I'm telling you. They're loud music. Yeah, no. He got done. He prayed over me. I remember him just saying, God, just bless this boy for your glory. There's so much potential in this room in the form of old age. It's not even funny. There's potential here. And if we're all about the next generation and we're not about the last generation, then we got a problem because we need each other. Bad. I don't know how much you've been doing your devotion in Leviticus lately, (laughs) but I found a nugget in there I just love. Chapter 19. Rise in the presence of the aged and honor the elderly face to face. Fear your God. I am the Lord, Hadar. Do not disgrace me. Honor me. Have we lost that? The aged come in and other cultures, you rise up, you're right here. What do you need? It's just like we're at your service. You are the most priceless, valuable object in this room we rise in their presence and face to face we honor them so I want to do that tonight I'm going to do the opposite I want you if you're 70 or older here in your like, I don't feel like an old person well just kind of let us do this for you would you please could you just stand right now if you're over 70 in this place I know you're supposed to sit and we're supposed to stand yeah Anybody else? Yeah, yeah. Can we just honor you? Bless you, bless you. Stay standing, stay standing, stay standing if you could. Yeah, yeah. Man, thanks thanks for being faithful and you're like, you don't understand, I haven't been faithful. Well, you can start today. You can start today. And we just honor you and we need you and we value you. The cries of the aged, stay standing. The cries of the aged in this passage are this. Do you have that next slide? All the way at the end. Shalak, do not ignore me, use me. Now God, do not silence me, speak through me. Yashab, do not forget me, reestablish me. Sabal, do not leave me, carry me. Shub, do not overwhelm me, refresh me. Hadar, do not disgrace me, honor me. That's your cry, and that's the cry of our church for you and the cry of the heart of God for you today. I remember my mom and dad used to sing this song, Find Us Faithful, (laughs) and it went this way. And may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave. Lead them to believe and the lives we live. Inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who've come behind us find us faithful. And we're behind you. Not just chronologically. We're behind you in this church. And we love you. And we want to be faithful like you. Can you just rise up with them? Put your hands on the people around you that are standing on to pray for them as we dismiss, yeah. God, we want our lives at the end to be described as one where we live to a good old age full of years before we gather to our people. And we just honor and rise in the presence of these saints who've gone before. They've been through so many battles, they have so much to offer. I pray that you would encourage them tonight, fill their spirit, with expectancy for the future. God, we just love them, we know you love them, and I hope tonight they just felt inspired and encouraged that you know their name, you know their every thought, you see what they're going through. You even see them in those lonely places, they're never alone, you're with them. I pray that we'll do a better job as a church lifting our eyes and seeing them and moving toward them and rising in their presence and honoring them. Please help us in a generation that has not done a great job in this area to be a church that's a beacon and a light that we turn our hearts and our eyes toward them and give them their just due and make much, much of them. I thank you for their faithfulness. I thank you for their presence here. I thank you for how they're behind this ministry and this church and in your kingdom. Now raise them up, God. Put them back in the game. Give them a belief that they're needed, wanted, and valuable. We just thank you for them. And we pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.